him by not allowing him to benefit from any appreciation. The difference between the reasons would be where the stolen item underwent the change and depreciated. Mar says, maybe we can answer from Mishnah. Mishnah says, if a Ghanav stole an animal and it aged, or he stole a slave and it aged, he pays the value as it was at the time of the stealing. Or Mishnah says, with regard to slave, he can just return the slave as is. The slave is compared to land, and just like land can't be allocally stolen, the same is true for slaves. This seems to suggest that with regard to the animal, he would agree that he pays the value at the time of the stealing. Now, if a mayor truly holds that change does not affect Kenyan, even in the case of the stolen animal, he should be able to just return the animal. Rather, it must be that he holds a change does affect the Kenyan. The reason he holds a Ghanav must return the calf and the wool is a penalty so that he uh, not benefit from the appreciation. Mars has no proof, and maybe the Ramey was speaking according to Rabbanan and saying, according to me, that change does not take effect, uh, does, not, does not affect the Kenyan, even the animal can be returned as is. However, according to you, at least agree with me that a slave can be returned as is because it's like land. The Rabbanan say, we disagree because we hold the slave is considered like movable property and as such cannot be returned in a depreciated state. Mars said, we can answer from a different mission, which says, if a person gave wool to a dyer to color for him and it was dyed the wrong color, a mayor says he gives the owner of the wool the value of the wool as it was before it was dyed and not the higher amount that is now worth that is dyed. We clearly see see that he holds that change does affect the Kenyan, and it must be that in the case of the Ghanif, the reason he must return all the items is for a penalty, so he not profit from the appreciation. Others say it was known there are various reasons because the, he holds that change affects the Kenyan, and that in the case of the Ghanif, the reason must be because of a penalty. The question is whether this penalty is only put in place for a mazid, or even for a shayig, I mean, someone who unknowingly bought the stolen item, let's say, from the Ghanif. Mercy, maybe we can answer from a Bryce. The Bryce says there are five creditors who only collect from unencumbered properties, with one of them being a person who has a claim for produce and the improvements of produce, and another being one who's collecting on a debt document that was written without a guarantee. The Bryce has to follow Rabbi Meir because he's the one who holds it if a document was written without a guarantee. We don't assume it's a Taya Cipher. Now, what's the case of the improvement of produce? The case must be where a guy stole a field and sold it to a second person who then improved the land. And the true landowner then goes to Bezid and gets the land to be taken back for him. The buyer can sue the Ghana for the purchase price from encumbered properties, but the improvements that he made can only be collected from unencumbered property. We see that the buyer has the land and the improvements taken from him. So we see the penalties applied even to someone who acted b'shaykeg. Mar says not a proof. The case is that it was a Talmud Chacham who bought the land. He knew the land cannot actually be stolen and therefore knew that since he bought it from someone who stole it, it was not a proper acquisition and that's why he was amazed at not a Shaykh. Mar says we can answer from a different mission which says if a person gave wool to a dyer and colored it for him and it was the wrong color, Mayor says he gives the owner the wool of the, the value of the wool as it was before it was dyed and not the higher amount that's now worth when it's dyed. Now, if we say that the penalty is applied to a Shaykh as well, he should have to pay for the entire amount of the wool after it was dyed. We see that the penalty is only applied to amazed shmami no in the rice the quoted above Yehuda said just the sheep or the cow uh, he, he has to give back and he pays the value of the wool and the fetus as it was at the time of the stealing. Rosh says we view all the items like they were appraised at the time of the stealing. What's the difference between these sheets? This Rosh says they only argue in a case where the improvements are still attached to the stolen item. In that case, Rosh says they would belong to the true owner of the item. Rosh says they belong to the Ganav. Second Terrace, Rosh Papa said when the improvement is attached to the stolen item, everyone would agree that it belongs to the Ganav. Machalikas is whether the Ganav gets the entire improvement or only a share of the improvement. Rosh holds the entire amount goes to the Ganav. Rosh holds the Ganav only paid a rate as if he was hired to care for the stolen item during that time, and the rest of the value of 
hope the improvement goes to the owner of that item. In fact, our mission said if a guy stole a cow and then got pregnant and gave birth, he only has to pay the value of the cow as it was at the time of the stealing. This suggests that if he had not yet given birth, he would have to return the cow in his pregnant state. Now, according to Rabbi Zvid, he can say the mission follows Rabbi Yehuda. However, according to our Papa, it doesn't follow anybody. And for the Mara, Papa would say, in truth, even if he did not yet give birth, the Ganav would only pay the value as it was at the time of the stealing. The reason the Mishnah gives the case of where it already gave birth is because that's the case that it gave in the first part of the Mishnah. There's a Brisa which says the view of Rav Shimon in the way that Rav Papa said it. Ravashi said, when he was by Rav Kahana, the Tamidim asked, according to Rav Shimon, who says that the Ganav is given a share of the improvement, can the owner just pay money equal to that value, or can the Ganav insist on taking an actual portion of the improvement? He said, we can answer it based on Rav Nachman in the name of Shmuel, who says that there are three people for whom we appraise the improvement and allow them to be bought out with money. A Bechar can pay his brother for the improvement to the inheritance, a creditor can pay for the improvement the buyer made to a property that he's taking for his debt, and a creditor can uh, can pay orphans for the improvement they made to the inherited property. Based on this, we say that similarly, the owner can buy out the share of the Ghana for money. Ravinius Ravashi, how can you say that Shmuel says that a creditor has to pay for the improvement on the land that he's collecting for his debt? Shmuel said that a creditor collects the improvements without paying for them. Ravashi said Shmuel says he must pay for it when it's fully grown produce. When he does not have to pay for it is when it's less than fully grown. In fact, we find that Shmuel would allow creditors to collect even fully grown produce without paying for the improvement. Ravashi said if the debt equaled the value of the land with the improvement, he doesn't pay for it. If, it was, if the debt was for less, he has to pay for that improvement. Well, that makes sense according to the view that the buyer of the land cannot give money to the creditor instead of the land. However, according to the view that he could do so, why can't he tell the creditor? If I would have money, I can take the whole field back. Now that I don't, I should at least keep a piece of the field for the value of the improvements that you're taking from me instead of you giving me money. Ravashi said, the case would be with a debtor had made the field an apoitiki, in which case everyone agrees that the buyer cannot give money to the creditor in, pay, in place of the field.